Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. I want to thank everybody for joining me again on the another episode here on episode 12 uh, this is basically a reissuing of the interview I did on Dr. Jane Ruby there's a little extra here however because at the end there was some conversation that we had after the interview was over that I recorded and I've I've kind of edited a little bit and you can hear some of my responses to Dr. Jane Ruby's questions thank you so much for all the support you're giving me and, and I want to let you know that, that everything you are doing is working. I was able to speak to a, a soldier who, who is a chaplain. And he has a group of, of people that are, that are joining together so that they can support each other during these difficult times. He's doing exactly what this entire podcast was, was designed to do. is to give you an avenue to show you that you can be the change in this world, that we are to be God's hands and God's feet. If you see something that needs to be done, God puts you there to do it. Now let's start the interview with Dr. Jane Ruby. Well, as one soldier told me about his commander's quote, so they keep insisting on murdering our soldiers so that we don't get a cold. Good job, General. And another one said to me, quote, my buddy has cancer that's spread to his lymph system and he can't get an exemption, but it's all about health and readiness, right? On January 24th, 2022, three very brave military officers came forward, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Long, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Chambers, and Major Dr. Sam Sigaloff through their attorney, Thomas Renz in a hearing held by a United States Senator to reveal that the bioweapon shots falsely referred to as the Pfizer vaccine were killing and maiming our military members in shocking numbers. One of those whistleblowers and heroes is here today. Major Dr. Sam Sigaloff joins me now. Dr. Sigaloff, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me on. Before we get started, I want to make sure that I say that any opinion that I express is solely my own and does not... Uh, is not the opinion of DOD nor the U.S. government. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you. And I really appreciate your being here. Um, let's start out with how, let me ask you kind of a general question. When did you first know as a doctor that something was wrong? Back when they rollout? first back when they first made the, the indication that there was something available, I believe it was like January of 21, they sent out a uh, CDC had a had a list of the ingredients in Pfizer and Comirnaty side by side. And I saw two things in there that just struck me as odd because I'd never heard about them. So I did a quick internet search. DSPC and DSPE is what they're called. And they're lipid nanoparticles. That's when I began this journey of understanding what lipid nanoparticles actually are mm. and how little we really know about them. And that's when I discovered, well, you know, these things, they're not validated for medical use. They're, if you look at the the material safety data sheets on them, they say that the safety relies on the end user. So basically, if you buy this from us, it's, it's your issue if you have problems with it. 
Right. And, and, you know, early on uh, last year, when I was first on the Stu Peter show as medical contributor, I did a little research myself and I found that there were companies that made these materials that go into these lipid nanoparticles. And some of them were pretty toxic. They even said, they even had disclaimers that said not for research uh, animals or humans. And yet they're not, how did they jump into something that's being rolled out all over the world into human beings? Well, another Any thoughts on that. Well, another kind of, to add on to that is um, the yeah. first three, first two lipid nanoparticles that are in Comirnaty specifically, they mm-hmm. are um, the toxicology reports for many of the different toxicology uh, scenarios they have, they're classified. And it makes you begin to wonder, well, who is who has the ability to classify these? And just because yeah. The, F- yeah. the FDA says that yeah. these are approved under EUA, which that's a very interesting language to use, um, that EUA emergency authorization, and we can get into that more if you'd like. Um, Mm -hmm. But just because they have that approval doesn't mean that they supersede the material safety data sheet where it says that they should not be used in humans. And that third one, not even used in animals. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I I would like to get into more of it. I mean, you've actually developed a little bit of a deeper understanding than the average doctor on the lipid nanoparticle. We've learned a lot from Dr. David Martin that it was developed um, at the University of British Columbia. I don't know if you know about that part of it, but but how do you think it made the jump into like that it's been approved or authorized, whichever way you want to look at it? Well, you know, for humans, how did, right. how did it? So, yeah. so in my, my research of these, you know, I like to look at patents, which I think you and some of your colleagues do. And so I found a patent from 2017 and it says DSPC and DSPE were specifically patented to deliver medications through the blood brain barrier to the brain. Now, as a physician, the, the, the gestalt or the, the basic understanding, uh, the zeitgeist was that these things went into your arm and they stayed in your arm. Well, then why would they put this product in there that was specifically designed to take it to your brain? Absolutely. I mean, just the nano nature of it is going to move it through the system very quickly and very easily. And, then, and, and I don't know. Yeah, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were about, you know, there was a little bit of a discussion last year about uh, you're, you're supposed to aspirate the needle. You're not supposed to aspirate the needle. What, you know, what are your thoughts around that? Was that an intentional to get it into the blood compartment? What, what are your thoughts? It, so, you know, intentionally to get in the blood compartment, it's more than I can comment on. Um, I know, you know, since medical school, the nurses have always drawn back. I was, you know, I was taught, you know, whenever you, you know, I've done one IV in my life. Doctors don't do IVs, right? We, we ask nurses to do that. And, but I, I did learn that you draw back, you, you fill it with blood, you don't give you know, air, you know, you're not supposed to put air into a line. You're not supposed to put air into someone's muscle. Right. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, that we can do a whole medical lecture on that some other time, but that's, there's a very specific reason it can cause great harm. And so right around that time was when I just started noticing, like, they're not withdrawing. Why, why did the entire culture change for all immunizations? And, and the that's claim right. that right. I got when I talked to some of the, the people doing these other immunizations even is that, oh, well, it's, it's so low risk, and this was in baby's legs, right? You know, there's, there's a femoral artery, and, and we don't want to put, mm-hmm. you, you know, normal children vaccines, infant vaccines into a femoral artery. That would be a very bad thing. So, absolutely. I, I myself am a, a, a nurse practitioner. I, I, I shudder at the thought of that. I've never, never even heard of that. But, but um, anyway, I wanted to move on. I want people to understand. They, I don't want them to be confused. Uh, clarify for us what happened in terms of, you and the military. So I just started out my introduction talking about being one of the three whistleblowers that Thomas Renz announced at that hearing. 
tell us where you are now, what happened, what's going on, and are you still in the military? So I'm still in the military. I've been suspended for a while now, so that means not seeing patients, not seeing any clinic. Um, and to kind of give a reference, you know, if you spent your whole life for one profession and you've given blood, sweat, and tears, and and most of your patients think you're you're pretty decent. You know, I don't like to toot my own horn, but most of my patients seem to like me. And now I can't help any of them. And it's been mm. it's been a while. And so what happened was the uh, the mandate came down that soldiers were would have to take this this you know fully licensed quote vaccine, if you will, and there's none available. And the only one that was available, it has these three lipid nanoparticles in it that I don't feel that any of my patients uh, should be required to take something that they don't want to take for one and two could cause harm because of all the evidence that's out there that it could cause harm. I never said no one should take them. Um, there, there is a, a small group population, if you will, that I think should never get them. And I've, I've thought this forever is children. We don't experiment mm-hmm. on children. We don't experiment on pregnant women and we don't experiment on breastfeeding women. But my reward for giving the soldiers who didn't want to be coerced into taking a shot, my reward was to be suspended from clinical practice. And that was September 13th. In the, in the army. In the, in army. the army. And because of that suspension, that triggered a downstream effect of now I'm in, under investigation in Texas for my you know, concerns of me providing misinformation uh, and alleged misinformation was, I called it gene therapy. It is gene therapy. And gene therapy, that term does not mean that it changes your genetic makeup, although we've learned that it probably does now. Absolutely right. So this is just so shocking. I mean, I'm I'm sure everybody will relate to that, that now you're under investigation by the Texas Board of Licensure or Health. Is that yeah, and, and the, the problem is DHA, Department of uh, Health Agents, or Defense Health Agency, they haven't, doesn't seem that they have provided any information as to why I should be investigated. And so Texas is trying to figure out, like, well, what evidence, we need evidence. And they want me to give you know, it to them. Yeah. But there's, there are certain laws that prevent me uh, from handing out quality assurance information that, that could be a ten thirty thousand dollars fine if I expose quality yeah. assurance information. I mean, this is just outrageous. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to help people. You're trying to protect people. And I agree with you. You know, we don't, we don't give experimental entities to children, pregnant and breastfeeding women. And yet this is just a push by like every federal agency. It's just been really shocking to me. I'm sure for you as well. And, 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 and it, it sickens me to think that you're being punished for, for doing the right thing. Um, how do you see this thing turning out? I mean, is there, is there hope in any court? Uh, I think there's hope in the courts. Um, there's recently someone wrote an article about me. I encourage y'all to go check it out uh, because of the nature of the article. I can't speak about it too much, but it lays out the entire story and it's taken directly from court documents. And, and where can we find this article just for, for people watching? Where can they Children's find it? Health Defense. And it was published on the 18th of March. Okay. And they actually didn't even have to talk to me at all. All of the information they got for that article, all of it was taken for, uh, f- from some legal documents. So basically in the public domain, things that Correct. have been filed and, and that sort of thing. Correct. Um, I hope that really helps along the way. Well, um, let's spend a little time talking about now that you know, you're out in, in, in practice, um, not associated with the military. So in your practice, you are seeing, I'm assuming, the results or whatever the manifestations are of these shots. Tell us about some of your patients and some of the things you're seeing 
as a physician. Okay, so a little background what you're what, what you're kind of explaining is so I'm in the army. I was never I've never been in a unit to be a unit doctor. I've always been in a clinic, and so most patients I see are beneficiaries, which means you know children, uh, mothers, uh, stepmothers, you know all your whole family. And so okay. I've seen um, an elderly woman come in with petechia. She says, I have this rash and it's a non-blanchable rash. It's petechia. It was about a week after her second shot of Pfizer. I'm sorry, Moderna. Most of the injuries I've seen are from Moderna because uh, they were when I was sure. in Alaska. Uh, I've seen four breastfeeding um, infants and all of them had issues after mother received second dose of Moderna. Uh, one of them was having like, like tell, tell me yeah i was gonna say tell yeah. us some of those issues that for people to look for in breastfeeding babies of maybe a relative who's breastfeeding they can right so one of them, them was uh having fever every day for four months you know and obviously your your cardiology background so i obviously sent that patient to uh to get evaluated for kawasaki's immediately because it's been so long um that evaluation was not kawasaki's um was negative yeah. was negative and the other three, they all exhibited the same kind of irritable uh, symptoms, uh, difficulty eating. One of them had the petechial rash. And it's, it's tragic that, you're exp that we're allowing people to give them something that is basically an experiment on their children. Let me ask you this, Dr. Sigalov. Did the mothers, you were, you, were, you were seeing the babies and the mother was with it, I mean, with the baby. Do the, are the mothers putting it together and... If not, do you suggest it or how do you manage that as a doctor? So, so I'm one of the few doctors that asks, when, did you get the shot? When did you get it? How long ago? When did these symptoms correlate to when that shot happened? And so it, it's a very difficult subject, right? Because I want every woman to breastfeed their baby because that's the best way. That's the best for mom and for baby. And so to, to ever even suggest um, that maybe you shouldn't breastfeed your child it breaks my heart. It truly does. And my wife, we have two kids. They were both breastfed. I understand the importance mm -hmm. of it. But I, I've suggested to three parents that perhaps they pump and save for a week or two and see if the symptoms go away and give formula in the meantime. And then if the symptoms go away, then they start using their breast milk again. That way they preserve the, preserve the milk supply by pumping and saving. And then if, if the problems go away and don't come back, when they restart the breast milk, then you know it wasn't that. And so you're help, you're almost teaching them through this sort of little trial and error. That's really quite smart. So tell tell me like like what what what's been the results? I'm, it's unfortunate to say that no, you know, at the time the mother seemed interested in trying that, but they never followed through. Oh no! And what's been the outcome for these babies? I've been taken out of practice, uh, and so I've not been able to follow up with any of them. You were taken out of follow, being able to follow them? Because, because I'm out of practice now. One of them was just a couple days before, like the fever, the child with the fever I was see. just a couple days before I went on suspension. I see. Okay. Now you're in a different practice out of the army. No, still, correct? still active duty. Oh, okay. Okay. But you were, wow. So when you were trying to resolve and help those babies, mm -hmm. you were pulled out? Yes, ma'am. Wow. So I was the medical director at the place where I'm stationed now. I was actually interviewed to be the medical director, and I had one month of work, and then I was suspended. So sorry to hear that. I, I was just um, trying to like not have my blood boil listening to it because um, it's so dangerous. And you know, th there's something or some force that seems to be well, this perpetuating. Is, and it's 
I hate always having to go to this, but this is the only explanation that I have is if you've ever heard uh, that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities of darkness. And it sounds, you know, there's people out there that don't have religious belief and that can sound a bit crazy, but this truly is a war in the unseen realm. And there's no other way to describe it because of the spiritual blindness that keeps physicians from being able to see these, these injuries. So I had a, I had a, a doctor look at one of my charts as part of some different things going on. And his response to me saying that the problem that this particular patient was having could be A, could be B, could be, and then C was, could be a complication of a vaccine that happened in a you know, reasonable time frame of when this injury happened. It was almost as if I had stated heresy. How dare Dr. Sigaloff insinuate that the vaccine, this alleged vaccine, technology that's never been used in humans, could have caused this injury? Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have a differential diagnosis that has every possible combination on it. You you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm moving in that direction myself because you can't keep having this disconnect in nurses and doctors uh, without that kind of an explanation, because like, like you just suggested that the truth is right in front of them and for them not to see it and for them to operate on that and to even punish you, those that are above you, um, is very frightening to, to me. To tell you I how, don't even, how no. bad that unseen realm is. There was a guy that I had, and by guy, I mean, a, I, I guess he's board certified. I don't know. He's, I know he's a physician. And he, we hadn't talked for okay. 13 years. And certainly after Dr. Uh, um, Renz, uh, Esquire Renz came out and said um, the whole DMED data whistleblower issue, he texted me yeah. and he seemed like he was interested. And then at the end, the last text that he gave me was, this doesn't work out well for you. Is that a threat? Um, I, it seems like it's a threat to me. He, yeah, like he was warning you, this is, don't keep going down this path. Um, you know, Dr. Sigloff, what, what, you know, I've been asked this question many times. I speak in panels and, and people are starting to see that this is something bigger mm-hmm. than just like a government thing or... Um, because my original question, and I actually asked it of General Michael Flynn at a conference recently, just they brought us in a room and I they asked him anything. And I said, can I ask you what your take is on the lockstep nature of this? I mean, think about it. How do you get every government, every military, every, you know, every industry, how do you get them all in lockstep? This lockstep thing keeps me up at night. So, I mean, I, I was going to ask you about that, but we were already into it talking about it. And, uh, it, it, is, it is very satanic. Let's just say it. We'll call it what it is. And um, if you I hear, just don't see any, right? Yeah. I mean, if you hear Dr. Malone talk about uh, mass formation, I think that's a very good explanation. Um, but I think kind of the driving force behind that from a Judeo-Christian background is going to be the unseen realm. And and those um, hatreds... The, sorry. Yeah. No, I apologize. I, want, I wanted to just sort of get you to talk more about, you know, when you say the unseen realm, I mean, I, I'm I'm conjuring up. This is not something we can see clearly in the world. These are spiritual issues, yes. satanic. Yes. So, but say more about. So, there's actually uh, a book. Um, it's a phenomenal book, especially if you're a Christian or Jew. I strongly encourage everyone to to purchase it, listen to it, read it. Uh, you know, I, I do better with listening to books. It's just it's easier for me. Uh, but it's called The Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser, and I list. I think it came out in 2015, but I, I didn't get around to reading it. Didn't even hear of it till 2018. 
And around 2018, this is even before COVID, but there was so much turmoil. There was so much unrest. And it's like, what's driving this? It's, it's like everything is driving us towards more chaos. Mm-hmm. And that book took the scales off my eyes and pulled that curtain back and allowed me to see that this is the unseen realm on, in full-scale warfare in front of our eyes. Wow. Um, I'm definitely going to get the book. Um, is it a quick read? Or is it a, is it an audio book? It's an, it can be an audio book if you, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it goes through. So, so when Paul says our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities of darkness, that is woven through the entire Old Testament. But if you don't know the original language, Aramaic, Greek, Hebrew, then, then you'll never understand that. And so he opens all those texts up and explains them. Does he offer us, I mean, obviously God always wins. We all know that, but right. you know, we're also fearing what more we have to go through to get to that, you know, that, that place, that final place. So what does he talk about? As long as we're on this topic and this is something yeah. you're really well read on. So the biggest thing um, is, I mean, you know, yeah. What's the end goal? Are we in revelation? I don't know. I, I'm not going to say we are because, you know, if you look back right before world war one and during world war one, that looked like the end of the world. And it, it, it was in a way, because the world was completely different after that, you know, and the world completely changed after uh, JFK um, was assassinated. The world completely changed after the Twin Towers mm-hmm. came down. It was a completely different world, and it's been a complete. And so we're going to come out of this, and it's going to be a completely different world. So to say the end of the world in that sense is it will never be the same. I think that's a true statement. Now, is it the end and, you know, we're going towards the light? I, I don't think so. Because one thing that we must remember is we, you know, you hear this question often, especially during hard times. Why would God let this happen? Well, God's not letting it happen. He put someone there to help. That person is you. You are to be mm-hmm. God's hands and feet. And so if there's a place where you can help, then you need to. And, and I heard David Ballard, he, he works for Underground Railroad, Operation Underground Railroad. And he said once that the shadow is darkest right next to the light. And he gave the example of holding your hand out in the sunlight and you see the shadow. And, and those, those lines between the shadow and the light, that's where it's the, it's the darkest, right near the brightest. And that's what we're to be, is to be these hands and these feet that go out and make the change that we need to see in this world. Hold these people legally accountable, right? I, I, I am, everything needs to be nonviolent because they will use that mm-hmm. against you. And it's also mm-hmm. the wrong, it will bring more chaos, which is working for the father of chaos. We all know who that is. And so... We must do things legally. We must do them the right way. But be those hands that go help. Be those feet that go wherever you, those hands need to work. Be the voice that speaks and gives encouragement. Dr. Sigaloff, that's a great place to sort of bring, you know, our discussion, you know, kind of to a close. But before we do, because and this, I have to tell you, this went in, in a very different direction than I thought it would. I thought it'd be more medical and, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm, I'm really, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I do feel God has his hand on all of us in this, right. believe me. And, and, and we'll talk more about that. I really hope you'll come back. Oh, but in the meantime, before sure. we say goodbye, yes. very much so, um, uh, where can people, can they help you? Can they support you? Can they find you? Do you, do you, are you writing? Are you speaking? So I, I started a podcast mainly because I can't be quiet. I've got a pretty loud <laughs> and big mouth and taking me out of clinic makes me need to talk more. And so if you look out, oh, sorry. That side over there. Uh, look for that. Yep. It's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you'll find a podcast. Because uh, as a family physician, it's not just the medicine. It, it encompasses the entire family, the physical, the emotional, the mental health, of, and the dynamics of the family. And so that's why it's not just all about the medical side. And 
this isn't a fear. This is a knowledge that I know will happen in the near future is all of medicine will completely discredit themselves and no one will ever trust a doctor ever again. And it will be very shortly. I think it will be a good thing, Dr. Sigalov, because I think medicine needs to become something different. We need to get back to more of the natural roots of it. I mean, I'd, I'd almost right? encourage someone to go to a witch doctor before an actual physician at this point. I'm not saying I am, but I'm, I'm that, that line has, <laughs> I, I understand. has moved very, very, very close. It really has. It really has. I do. I feel it myself. I feel it myself. So uh, the podcast is called After Hours Podcast. That's perfect for a doctor. After Hours That's with Dr. Really Sigalov. Yeah. And, and the reason it's so after much. hours is yeah. because of the gag order that I have on me that I'm not allowed to speak about COVID vaccine or virus during the duty day and in uniform. And you'll notice this is not the duty day when this is recorded and I am not in uniform. I'm glad we, we got that clarified and um, just keep doing what you're doing. And God bless you, Dr. Sigalov. Thank you so much for everything you've done. You're going to be one of those great doctors when we get to the other side of this. Well, so. I, I hope I can hear a good, well job, good and thankful servant, good and faithful Thank servant. Thank you so much. I'm sure you will be. God bless you. God bless you. And thank, thank you for so having much. me on. And please, you know, let me know if you'd like to have me on again. I've got lots to say. I would love to have you on again. We can talk more about that. And I think it'll be helpful for people to understand. It might give them some peace uh, and some preparation for how they can move through these times. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. How can they get things wrong every time? No, it's done on purpose. And the purpose is to bring more chaos. And when you lose... Um, the ability to uh, have choice, and so you lose all personal choice. You're no longer you don't have free will anymore, and that's what socialism is, totalitarianism. That's what Nimrod did in the Old Testament. So you know he he made bricks before he figured out let's build a tower. And if you actually go look up the uh, EU building, uh, it's it's terrifying. You look up the EU posters that they made for when they in the 80s, uh, and the poster is the Tower of Babel. The unfinished building. If you look at the actual building now, it's an unfinished building. And then you look at the foreground, there's people. And those people are bricks. And the symbolism behind that is a rock is, mm. is made by God and they're all unique and individual, whereas a brick is interchangeable. And so you take away all free will. And that was the difference between humans and, and angels is that we had free will and they did not. Mm, interesting. And so if you can't wow. destroy God, because you, you can't destroy God, you can destroy humans. And if you take away their free will, then they have no choice. They have no ability to, to chart their future. This is where I, I understand how doctors are. Like, put yourself in, the, in these shoes. Let's say it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, I've, I've eaten this bread. I've given it to my wife. I've given it to my kids. I've told all my patients they need to eat this sliced bread. And now I'm finding out that that sliced bread may kill me and everyone I know. I don't. I can't even imagine that. I like, would. I would keep myself blinded to that because that's too hard to understand. Oh, I see what you mean. Here I am. I'm going to potentially lose my license, which is I can't do anything else in this world because I spent so much time only doing this one thing. And I get that. Yeah. And so, like, it really aggravates me when I hear these like sergeants who they spent their life in the military, but sergeants can do just about anything. Like, they are adaptive people, and they they don't just do one thing. And they're like, "Well, I can't lose my retirement, they, dude. I got, I, I support my wife, my two kids. To not have that, I'd rather be under a bridge with the four of us. Yeah. Then yeah. get yeah. this. I hear you. Yes. And yeah. and when you go into the, when you when you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you go into the fire. You actually you have to go through the fire, and and you may not come out. It was God's grace that He took them out. 
But he didn't have to, and it still would have been better than worshiping a, a false idol. Well, and and truly, my inspiration is I'm I can't get that book. Yeah, I can't do anything else. Like to to tell my kids to be strong and brave and to do the right thing, and then come home after I know I've been kneeling all day. If this were saline that we were putting in people, I would be in the same position. Where yeah, everyone can relatively say that saline is safe, I would still be in the same position. Thank you for joining me again on another episode. Please like us. Please give us a a rating. Leave a comment. Share one episode with your friends. Please also look for us on After Hours. Please look for us on Instagram at After Hours with Dr. Sigloff. Look for us on CloudHub at Dr. Sigloff. Look for us on Truth Social at Dr. Sigaloff. Email me at afterhours at 1791. That's afterhours at 1791.com. Remember, 1791 is the year that the Bill of Rights was ratified. Together, we will make courage more contagious than fear. <laughs>